0: Welcome to Way Behind Regret Time, the only podcast that never should have got mixed up with this fucking mess. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering season one, episode 11 of House of Cards. This is also known as the one where Rousseau is killed. Yes. Murdered by Frank. Did you see that coming? Did you think
1: that Frank was a murderer? Uh, no. I was, the first time I saw this episode, I was legit blown away. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, I knew that Frank was underhanded and
0: devious, but I did not think that he would actually kill somebody, especially somebody who, he almost seemed to have, some kind of affection for
1: in, fact, in I'll go so episodes. F- I'll go so far as to say that it was pretty deep into their conversation in the car before I realized, you know what? I don't think Frank knew that he was going to kill the guy he, he, until that. That's in the what, car, that's, yeah. That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we realized what he was doing about the same time he decided what he was going to do. Yeah, I mean, the conversation he has while he's driving him home is determining Pete's fate like he you know like Doug said last episode I can't predict how he's going to react. Mm-hmm. Um and I got to say Pete's fatal flaw is his own fucking pride and inability to take responsibility for his actions. Genuine responsibility. Yeah, well that's
0: what he was hoping for the next day, right? Yeah. If he had survived until the morning he was going to go
1: on but that some was sort of confession a, that, rampage. Yeah, he was going on this professional rampage and instead of just moving forward and sparing his family further grief and drama, he was going to ma- magnify it. Like he, yeah. he's stuck in this fucking cycle. And I get it. Like some I mean, maybe there's an argument to have there that you have to blast down all the way to ground zero, but <clears throat> I don't know. I mean people in that situ- people in the situation where you get a free pass. Why wouldn't you capitalize on that and you springboard that to becoming a better person? Is that something that they just can't move past because they don't feel like they deserve it and it's a, it furthers their shame cycle so they feel like they have to confess and get everything out there regardless I, of the damage it does? I certainly think that's part of it. It's interesting because
0: he mentions the AA meetings that he's had. The guy who pushed him into AA in the first place was Frank. Yeah. So now... The the training that he's had in these AA classes is now coming back to bite Frank. It's it's kind of Frank in a small way did this to himself.
1: Yeah, that's true. I've just ne- I don't think I've ever hit. Well, I've never hit this kind of rock bottom. <laughs> no, where I want to be taken to jail because I'm such a Freeman. Like I, I think. I mean, I've had definitely those feelings where, I'm a fucking fraud, and any day people are going to wake up and realize it, and boy, what a mess am I going to be in. Okay. I feel like a lot of people probably can relate to that. Sure. But, like, not to the extent that I need to be taken to jail. (laughs) Well, you've (laughs) never committed the same sins that Pete has, right? But what has he really done, man? He's
0: devastated his family and Christina, and he's let down an entire—I mean, how many employees did she say that he had? 50.
1: But these are these sins are not unique to him, or even that's that, true. Particularly yeah, yeah. that bad, I mean, but they're certainly uh, more high stakes than anything we've dealt with, right? There, I feel like the reason, but again, I feel like the reason he killed himself was simple pride. that He failed. Mm. That yeah, yeah. He's from this background, and he thought he'd risen above it <clears throat> and and gotten mastery of it, and mm-hmm. he didn't, and he couldn't face that. Yeah, like he couldn't. He didn't want to do the hard work of winning his family back of staying sober of living up to you know his girlfriend believing in him he would rather yeah. flush it all away and i don't know i mean what i don't know what his plan was after he torched everything the next day i would i imagine it involved a lot of bottles and keeping drinking
0: probably so yeah <laughs> um I'm, i mean it's it's crazy you're right you're right, he definitely felt like a failure and that he didn't want to do all that hard work. He's done it before. Like, that's the thing. He came back from this, not something quite as severe as this, and granted, the second time you do it, it's harder to come back from it, but he has
1: come back from it before. But what's really weird is I feel like he never authentically did it. He and he even says it in the car. It's like, no, I did uh, that as a—that was part of the lie. Gotcha. That's part of the lie we stole to—or sold, rather— to get me into position. So it's like, I don't think he sees his several months of sobriety and hard work as a victory. He sees that as a further public deception he p- perpetrated on everyone. Yeah,
0: maybe he never took the step of admitting that he had a problem, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Truly, to, in his mind, admitting that he had a problem.
1: Yeah. And I just want to say up front that Corey Stroll, uh, his work as Peter Russo, is probably mm-hmm. the best thing on this show. And that's saying it's a lot. L- that's saying a lot when you've got Kevin Spacey's <laughs> Frank uh-huh. Underwood. Um and and we haven't talked a lot and that's the one of the weaknesses of these damn instant casts. Mm-hmm. Uh we haven't got to talk a lot about the artistry of the individual scenes. Um but my god, this episode he really puts in a solid performance of a tortured, fucked up individual. Absolutely. But still maintaining everything about his character that we knew before. Um, It's very Greek tragedy. All that pride, all the ambition, um, all his personal weaknesses came together to kill the man. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... Because he it's not like Frank overpowered and stabbed him to death. No. It's like Frank constructed the noose and held it there and Pete put his head (laughs) through it. Sure. Yeah, you're it's, talking about last episode where he was seduced, and then. No, I'm talking about this episode where you know his his spiraling down into shame cycle and and, dr- and drinking himself to a stupor is what let. I mean, yeah, okay. obviously Frank murdered him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Sure. It's it's not your. I mean, it's. I don't think I've ever seen a scene like this before. Yeah. In yeah, television, it, it's really interesting the way
0: that he kind of. Um, He's asking him these questions like, "Oh, we should talk about this. We should construct the language of the statement you want to get uh, give. I understand like what you're going through." Uh, and he's he's feeling Pete out to see what his next move is going to be. And Pete just totally turns down any opportunity for them to salvage what's going on here. Mm-hmm. He just wants to blow the whole thing
1: up, and that's that's the reason that that Frank kills him in the end. You know, there's actually. You've watched, seen all the X-Files, haven't you? Uh, most of them, yeah. Do you remember this one episode where this girl had this ability to... Whatever she said, you, a, a person had to obey. Okay. And at the end of the episode, she had, I believe, her brother, who they were partners in crime. He was in a hospital, and she, told, she basically uh, told him to tell his heart to stop beating. And it was like this really huh. loving, sympathetic... Um compassionate way, but she was murdering him uh-huh that's ex- that's kind of what it felt like where uh Frank was connecting with him and using his their shared family pain to continue to have him drink the stupor and then have him start up the car it it's it's just, sure. it was really disturbing and this is a real turning point in frank's character in a more than in, in, in a few ways because he's been at this crossroads where he's kept secrets from his wife and he's to now, I mean, the depths of his manipulation where he used <laughs> Pete's death to make his wife reconcile with him. Yeah, that text message that he sends. And he also, I mean, him, his wife and his relationship is a lot like his relationship with Doug Stamper.
0: <laughs> in in that,
1: one And that they don't have any secrets, you know, no matter how big or deep or scary. Yeah. And now... I mean, he all but confessed to what happened to Doug here. Yeah, you can see Stamper's reaction. He definitely knows. And he doesn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Which, you know, Stamper, I said right away in the first episode, he's reptilian. Like, he's very, you know, we talked about it last week his relationship with Rachel and how, not last week. Last An episode, hour ago. <laughs> uh, and, and, and how weird that was and how, you know, pragmatic. Mm-hmm. And this shakes even him
0: yeah yeah we've we've never seen anything get to stamper uh this is the first time and and i think it changes in a lot of ways his views of frank as well like i frank doesn't get his hands dirty in that kind of way
1: and for stamper to see that he's done this is a big deal and also seems this might this might be a trite observation but it seems that there's a lot of problems with the way frank went about murdering pete i mean sure. pete is in the passenger car the driver's window is down he he did a lot of um wiping down the fingerprints mm-hmm. um but th- did he do a good enough job are there and, any pencil prints there when you wipe down prints isn't that
0: something that's obvious in and of itself
1: yeah, and then they're going to ask who got him here and at uh-huh. least there's more than one person that knows that I mean, I guess Doug Stamper as far as the police um, uh, as far as a police commissioner knows Doug Stamper picked this guy up and drove him home. The only Which, one yeah. that knows that that Kevin, that Kevin Spacey, that Frank Underwood drove uh Pete home mm-hmm. is Doug. Yes. Um so Which, just, that could come back to bite Stamper. Right. If he's not careful. And you know, I guess they still have the police commissioner in their pocket, if so he can lean on whether this is an open and shut suicide case or what. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but it just feels like there's a lot of a lot of uh, loose ends here. If we want to
0: talk about a scene that I really liked how it was shot, uh, we could talk about the scene under the bridge with uh, Stamper and the police commissioner Barney. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that they shoot, like the 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 monument out through the end of this tunnel mm-hmm. that they're in the, the underpass that they're in uh and just kind of like the lighting there and like its position between them i i just really liked the composition of the shot there it was did, really cool
1: did you think that that it, uh, i'm glad you brought that up because uh frank in a few episodes previous mentioned that you know he's like a sniper right who, who is the the sniper no no, that Frank himself is that oh, okay. he you know picks people off one by one and like oh, all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah. And did you think mm-hmm. that the way that shot was constructed—that's like a tunnel was kind of like a scope with the monument huh. like a target? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's that might be reaching a little bit. Maybe I'm <laughs> just saying that like a lot. Uh there's been a lot of artful shots in the show and I've commented before, but some of them don't have a lot of direct connection to the storyline. I wonder uh-huh. if this was almost a breaking bad kind of uh a deal where they're trying to say they're trying to do some little storytelling uh with it as well. Sure. Uh okay. So
0: should we talk about maybe the reaction shots that we see to Stamper or to uh Russo's death? Yeah. There are a whole bunch of them like just back to back here. Yes. Um I'm not necessarily gonna talk about all of them or in order. But one that really struck me was Rachel. Um, You mentioned while we were watching it the eye twitch that she's got Mm -hmm. going on. Uh, She hears that and she realizes, oh, my God, I was just with this guy a couple nights ago. And now he's dead. What part did I play in that? She's got to know that she played a part in
1: that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I one, the, I just wonder if you can take it a step further. And w- since she knows that Doug yeah. does this underhanded, dirty stuff, she might wonder if there's more to it than that. Sure. At the very uh, I don't least, know how far she feels it. like, hey, I knocked this guy off the wagon. And he put up a yes. considerable fight. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't like he was just like, oh, girl, yeah, give me that drink. And, you know, he he tried to be good. Sure. He tried a little. <laughs> so <laughs> he tried a lot he tried a lot yeah like you said yeah so i uh,
0: yeah her reaction to it is great um I, th- I guess there's stamper's reaction there's zoe's boss's reaction there's zoe herself mm-hmm.
1: um, christina obviously we know uh yeah. why she's feeling the way she's feeling she fell apart yeah and yeah. what did and, you think and, about the police commissioner because his first reaction i can't remember if he said like fuck or shit but he <laughs> is i've th- do you think he knows that there's a little bit more to this? Because I would think uh, from his, you know, we got the podcast namesake from the scene where he's like, I should never got should messed up with this shit. Yeah. Well, this shit now is is done and over with. Yeah. Um, uh, well, in some ways it is.
0: Yes. Yeah, in other ways, it's just beginning because the police commissioner, I feel like if he's cursing at the screen at that point, he's probably cursing the idea that now they have a reason to look at Rousseau's. Life and Russo's background and his dealings as of late. Um, before, yeah, he was mixed up in this shit, but
1: there was no reason for anybody anybody to go looking for problems. That's true, and and it's not like there's there's more there's a, more than a few officers that know uh, that he originally how, how Russo originally skated. Yeah, yeah. you got to think that uh, the officer that arrested them, the ones that processed them, the one that held Mm them, they all know about this, and they they all know that the police commissioner leaned on and made it go away. Yeah. And the second time, we got the two officers, he tries to show himself up. We got the two officers that are working the desk. The one guy knows enough that says, hey, i got to make a couple phone calls on this. Mm -hmm. And they held him in an interrogation room. There's, yeah, there's definitely... There's a larger conspiracy. trail to something. Yes. Yeah. It, it looks very
0: suspicious. Uh, so there there could be problems with that in the future. Um,
1: what else should we talk about as far as Rousseau? Anything? Um, I don't think so. I mean, we could talk okay. about his family and how... I mean, the things that contributed to his death. Oh, yeah. The, his, fact the that with his kids is heartbreaking. The fact that he just went and holed up into a bottle and his girlfriend, Christine... Tried to show up and help him and he defiantly drank. Yeah. Like he grabbed he wrestled her, grabbed that vodka bottle and just like were like right like fuck you right in my face. I'm gonna swig this thing. Yeah. And then when she started scolding him and and be discussed with him, he he hugged it to his chest like a child would with a teddy bear, which again, Corey, fucking good performance. Yeah. Uh, the apartment manager, the doorman that went and got in the booze, tried to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, although, do you think that he was? Do you think he was part of the uh, the, the Frank's plan, like that Frank sent him to to try to? Because at this point, Frank nah. and Doug want him to fucking dry out enough to fall on a sword and get out of public life. Yeah, I I, I don't think he's part of that.
0: Why would he bring him booze if he wanted to dry up? Hmm. Uh, I think he's just a dude. Okay. Uh, he's one of the Secret Service guys or a dude who... He's uh, not. He's just... He's he's the doorman. Okay. Because so he, he says he's that... He's Stanford's doorman. And he's like, yeah, I get, I'll pay you to go pick me up some booze.
1: Right. Because I can't leave because of the reporters. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that's just what it was. Um, So we talked about the devastation of his family and the, obviously his kids, you know... Oh, um, yeah! his daughter looked up his his radio show on the Internet and heard about you know, him sounding drunk. And, yep. and we already knew they're being persecuted at school. And now there's cameras at school and reporters asking questions. And uh, it's all over the news. And to the point that his son doesn't even want to talk to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. All That's right. Pretty, pretty vile stuff.
0: Uh, how about we talk about the vice presidency? Because there's a lot of stuff going on with that in this episode. Uh, yep. it was kind of set in motion last episode uh this time frank is going directly to the vice president and the president and saying hey look both of you are talking behind uh each other's backs about each other which of course they're not but no that's true well it's it's certainly true to a point but I think Frank when, exaggerates it. When
1: Frank solicited their opinion of each other, they offered it, and then he used that to solicit yeah. even more opinion from it. Exactly, yeah.
0: Um. So, so he's kind of pulling the strings here between both of them, and Linda recognizes that, and mm-hmm. I'm glad they had her recognize it because um, she has always been kind of the person who reads Frank really well. Yep. Uh, and there's the the beautiful scene between them in Linda's office where she confronts him and says, hey uh two questions for you uh i forget what the first one was the second one do you want to be the vice president yeah he totally dodges did you help my son with an idea
1: that this moment would be would come
0: yeah i don't i don't don't, know what you're talking talking about yeah bullshit and then uh she calls him out of the vice presidency and he decides i'm gonna go with the strategy of revealing the information uh i i don't know to what end like what the strategy
1: was there like he says it he says it on the screen i just didn't pick it up well basically now that she's on to him there's two he could just stonewall her and deny it in which uh-huh. he says he's she won't take me seriously okay she won't even consider me or I could reveal myself and lay myself bare and put me put myself in her power okay and there's a chance that she could use that against me but there's also a chance that I will earn her trust and respect and uh-huh After he does that, he makes, uh, you know, he tries to set the hook by saying, you know, look, look back over the last six months or so, Linda, how much we've accomplished when we've been at odds with each other. And think of what we could do when we're working together. Mm -hmm. And that plus the favor that she does, in fact, owe him probably, you know, uh, swings it to where he's going to be in the vice president. We found out this episode that his ambition is actually to use this as a springboard for the presidential run in 26, no, 2020. 2020, Yep. So he's really got a long-term, uh, he's really got a long-term plan. And I think if if we go back to the first episode that this was his plan all along to somehow Mm -hmm. replace, I don't think he even knew how he was going to do it, but somehow replace the weak vice president with himself. Yeah. I, I think you're definitely right. I mean, in that first episode, we
0: see him say at the, the event uh, at the inauguration event? Mm-hmm. Or was it yeah. before that? It was the... No, it was the New Year's Eve party. The New Year's Eve party, yeah, where he says the guy's on his way out and he doesn't even know it yet. Yep. Um, so definitely orchestrating things from behind the scenes from the very beginning. Uh, and it's it's great to see it, you know, finally pay
1: off in such a big way. hmm um, and, and she eventually does back him because when they had the meeting yep. later on where the president and the vice president are all chummy and excited about the idea, they mentioned that, he mentions that Linda talked him into it. hmm And uh, they are coming up a list of vice president candidates, to vet, and she says that she's already got a list in mind, and she gives Frank a significant look. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and at that time also is when Frank gets the news about Pete's death, and he feigns devastation. Yeah. And he uses this to get further sympathy with the president, further sympathy of his wife. It's pretty remarkable. Definitely. Uh, so let's talk about his wife. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. Uh, she
0: is at this point living with adam um i don't know how long it's been a good couple days anyway at least a few days and they're out in the park they're taking pictures they're
1: happy um have an interesting discussion which is weird this is where a lot of times this season i felt like they've had a conversation that i don't understand what's about for several episodes Uh And this one was talking about rational and useful fear versus irrational unfocused. He's like, you know, when I'm in Africa, I'm afraid of, you know, people killing me and disease. When I'm back in America, I'm afraid of if I'm sleeping enough and if I'm letting my life pass me by. And, you know, Claire says that she admits to that. Yeah, the same thing. And they see this young woman at the park and he says that's where it used to be uh or way the way it used to be what did he, he said that she was uh absorbing everything observing everything uh curious mm-hmm. um but she she says no that's not what i was like but also she kind of confirms it when she says i actually wanted to be more than observer i wanted to be seen as significant yeah um which is some of, which is what frank is offering her right Kinda, but I wonder if she's one. She's thinking right now that she's got. She's been sold a illegitimate bill of goods by Frank because yeah. you know he all. But he said that the C. He doesn't consider the C.W.I. important. Not as important as what he's doing. Sure, sure. I, but Claire's
0: uh, Claire's line in this in this episode is her realizing that this is fun for a while, but Frank is giving her the the thing that she really wants right right i mean at least that's what it seemed like to me i mean by the end uh well i guess we can talk a little bit more about what happens um they kind of get onto the topic of frank and she sees some stuff in the news about rousseau um and then she (laughs) she starts getting sadder about about being in this place with this guy who is living so free because she can't be that free right she but she doesn't she can't live in the moment that she wants more than just a moment.
1: all these things that Frank's offering her are less temporary well, and there's this guy you know he's a free spirit, but he's also very simple, sure um you know he takes photographs and he is all he is as an observer mm-hmm. and the only notoriety he gets is is how beautiful his observations are, but he's not doing anything to he's not really doing anything to change, sure. Sure. And, you know, whereas Frank's got all these interesting things going around all the time, and there's all this sense of urgency and um, planning and plotting, and she feels involved with that.
0: Yeah, I so I really like what they did with this picture throughout the episode. Um, they show, like, he prints it out, he puts it on the floor, and he assembles the whole thing. It's a very ordered uh, arrangement. And then they start talking about all the the things that uh their relationship meant to them and she says like there was a piece of me that loved you or that still loves you but that is that is not enough that's just that's just the moment that's not everything else around it by the end she's left when she leaves she folds up one of these origami swans puts it in the middle jumbles up the rest of it to me that origami swan is the piece of her that is still in love with this guy and the rest of it is like the chaos of her that
1: that she is when she's with him. I also think it's a direct retort to him saying, this is you, mm-hmm. and goes as far as to name it Claire, that was simple and organized, and it was this young, you know, curious girl, and she completely, uh, she takes that simplicity and beauty and complicates it. Huh. Everything's going at different angles with different stuff, and in the middle is this very complicated, uh, but yet, you know, orderly thing that she's assembled from this chaos in the middle so she's almost like saying you again you don't really know what i am yeah you see me as claire here's what i actually this is this i'm much more complicated and more faceted than that and speaking that in a way a language that he could understand yeah definitely because he's the fucking type of guy that's got Kabbalah bracelets and copper bracelets and rosary beads and so has this been her? Sleeps in his fucking shoes like the douchebag he is. <laughs> I really hate this guy. <laughs> what? I
0: couldn't even tell. Yeah. Uh,
1: so is this I, it, her evolution
0: throughout the season? Like, is this what the origami meant to her from the very first time that the homeless guy threw
1: the twenty back at her? Hmm.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it, it's mixed this up simp- with the kids. Yeah, it's yeah, mixed the up the, with
1: that people aren't this simple. She saw him as a one way. Yeah, I mean, that is her theme. And and even Steve, the uh, bodyguard dying of cancer, saw her as one way, she's the other. It's been about her struggle to kind of identify her. And I wonder if she's not going to be a much more formidable presence in the next season, because she's realized that she thought she was getting what she wanted. Uh huh. But she wasn't, and now it's like, what is she going to? Or she's getting aspects, many aspects of what
0: she wants, but there are some that are left unfulfilled. Yeah, and I think those are nagging at her quite a bit.
1: God, we need a woman on a podcast. We definitely do. Definitely do. Yeah, I feel like
0: we're we're probably probably missing a lot. Could be. Speaking of women on podcasts, we're going to talk about Zoe now, right? Yeah, go for it. Okay, Zoe. Is cleaning the shit out of her apartment at the beginning of this episode. Literally. There's shit everywhere. (laughs) She's scooping it up and and Uh, cleaning it. And then she gets a call from Frank, who invites her over. Uh, She decides,
1: I'm going to be super creepy at Frank's house. She's doing exactly what Claire did to her. She is, yes. Barge right in, came in uninvited, went right up into her personal space, Mm -hmm. started passing judgment. But but it's really interesting because I don't feel like
0: Claire did that as... uh, as to, to prove a point to anyone necessarily. I think Zoe really? is there to prove the point to Frank that uh, she is not changed or hurt or anything by him. I think I, she, maybe maybe Claire did. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, I mean, Claire But always trying to do
0: the same thing. And it's I don't think it's working on Frank at
1: all. Claire went over there to intimidate her and basically say, you cannot divide us. Sure. And Zoe went over there to basically say, I'm not intimidated. I'm not intimidated to go in this powerful woman's house with your special relationship yeah. and try on her perfume and her dresses, claim her side of the bed. But but the way that Frank is sitting in that
0: chair just observing her, mm-hmm. it does not look to me like he is phased by this. And, and maybe I'm reading that completely wrong. And at the end, she, she tells Frank, look, you didn't hurt me. You didn't, uh, like you said, you would
1: but she's clearly a changed person. And she also is hurt. And then she admits it to Lucas later, yeah. Right. Which Lucas can't help but be the fucking nicest guy and is like, I'll promise you I won't hurt you. What the fuck, man? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, hey, that's not something you can promise. No human being <laughs> can ever promise another human being that cares for him the next... Because he could fucking die. They could, have the love, they could be in a yep. mad love affair and he could die. Yep, yep. I mean, this like just... <laughs> please
0: you're embarrassing yourself uh but in that same scene where she tells him you can't hurt me uh they agree to simplify and have the professional relationship but why do
1: you think frank acquiesced to this uh well i've got my theory i i want to say it's because he knew what was
0: coming up with russo and he he wanted to distance the the news from that but but I don't think he did. Like he couldn't. He, he at the end of the episode certainly
1: didn't know that he was going to kill Russo until he did it. So I, I'm not sure. Why do you think it is? I think what interested him about their sexual relationship was the power imbalance. And uh-huh. Zoe came in as a very powerful person, hmm. okay. and you know, it's not he's sexy or exciting to him anymore. Yeah, and he also, in a weird way, uh, maybe maybe is respecting her for the first time. Um, hmm. the fact that, you know, he didn't hurt her, he didn't overtly hurt her and didn't wasn't able to discard her and still needs her, um, whereas before he's pretty much been using her yeah, yeah, and telling her, I'm going to use you. Sure. Uh, and now that is no longer true. They've got a fundamentally different, more equal relationship now. She's got shit on him. He's got shit on her. Yeah. Um, they're ready to now just be professional about it. Sure. And we all know what professional feels like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's all I've got for this episode. How about you? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, that seems to be the whole thing. I mean, there was a lot going on this episode, but not as many separate plots. Yeah, and again, really I, I wish I could tell talk more about the performances of everyone involved here. Um, again, I think I I think Kevin Spacey got his blo- doors blown off in this episode. Well, there was certainly more there was certainly more for stroll to do, right,
0: yeah, I mean spacey had to had to play it down so that he could play it up
1: that's true, that's true. maybe he it's like you know a good comedian knows when it's time to beat a straight man and let the other guy shine and same yeah. thing dramatic and and there's definitely a lot it's a very nuanced performance mm-hmm. and a very calculated one um so I guess it yeah. did, I didn't connect with it as much as stroll because he was being so guarded and calculated and Yes, but, uh, the Frank character is not a man that is prone
0: to outbursts or right. prone to really any kind of modulation of his emotion.
1: <laughs> right. You know, it's, One uh, wonders how in the hell are they going to keep this intensity building in the second season. It's my fear. It's like, you know, they're not going to have, or are they? Are they going to have another um, um, uh, Pete Russo, or Russo as you call him, yeah. Uh, they're not going to have another Pete Russo, um, and they're not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, would that be a farce if, if a Frank murders somebody every single season yeah it might get a little a little weird because sure. the, the first the first half of the season had a lot of really individual cool moments but it was very uneven yeah and yeah. this final arc repeat when it finally congealed and started going about starting uh after the episode with the sentinels i think it was episode nine maybe it was episode eight it really picked up steam and ha had you know was in its down home stretch and i just wonder how they're going to maintain that intensity for season two i don't know we'll have to wait and see Only two more weeks. Yep. If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to Amazon.BaldMove.com and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, it costs you nothing. And be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move. Check out our website for all our other great television coverage for Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, and all of our great pop culture casts like Personal Arrogance and The Because Show. Keep up with the latest on Twitter at BaldMove and on Facebook.com slash BaldMove. And don't forget to join us on Valentine's Day weekend starting Saturday, February 14th for our coverage of Season 2 of House of Cards. See you next time.